Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for December 4, 2022. It is the second Sunday of Advent. Join in our call to worship. We believe in a God who knows our fears. We believe in a God who says, be not afraid. We believe in a God who kicks off her shoes and wades into the muck of our lives with us. We believe in a God who hemmed stars into the night sky so that we can find our way home and who sends us friends with open doors so that we can find our way to love. We believe in a God who finds us in our fear and does not leave us alone. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Amen. God, whether it's through angels or music, friendships or sermons, study or nature, when you speak, we long to hear it. In a world as chaotic and broken as ours, we could use your words of hope and healing. With gratitude we pray. Amen. There is more hope somewhere. There is more hope somewhere. I'm going to keep on till I find it. There is more hope somewhere. There is more peace. 
There is more peace somewhere I'm gonna keep on till I find it There is more peace somewhere Isaiah 11, 1 through 10 a vision of peace. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins." The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious.
Let us pray. Holy God, we take a deep breath in and know that you are here, for where two or more are gathered, you are there. You never leave our sides. Like a protective mother hen or the sun who circles the earth, you carry us with you. So today we bow our heads with tender spirits and ask that once more you would lean in close. Hear our prayers. Boy, our hearts. Send your spirit rushing through us like a mighty wind. For these days, God, we have much to fear. We fear the return of a COVID variant that could once again shut down the world. We fear the rising tide of violence. We fear global warming. Will our grandchildren have trees to climb? We look at our own lives and are afraid that we aren't making much of a difference, that we might be forgotten at the end of the day. We fear rejection. We fear grief. We fear not being enough. Holy God, the muck of our lives is deep. At times, it feels like we're swimming in it. And so we come to you today because you are a God who said, Do not fear, 365 times in Scripture, once for every day. You are a God who has inserted yourself into the corners of our lives, refusing to let us go, refusing to leave us alone. And so we rest in that. We empty our pockets of our fears and give them to you, trusting that you will hold them tenderly, just as you hold us. You whisper, be not afraid. You promise to never leave our side. You call us beloved. May that be enough for today. And now, with hope in our hearts, we pray the words your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture today is Luke 1, 26-38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? 
The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. When I visited Enos and Florian in Regensburg, they took me to see St. Peter's Cathedral. Work on the cathedral was begun in 1275, and it continued off and on with significant pauses for the next 600 years. In fact, one could argue that the cathedral was never really finished since work is continually being done on it. One thing they wanted me to be sure to see was the laughing angel. Apparently, this is the angel Gabriel who is announcing to Mary that she will be the mother of the Christ child. Now, I do not know about you, but if this apparition suddenly appeared in my bedroom, I would be very afraid. Because, smiling or not, he looks pretty scary. Across the way from him is Mary, who is holding her hand palm out in a defensive gesture. Despite the fact that she looks like a demure German housefrau, she does look a bit disturbed. That hand may have been meant to look like a hand raised in blessing, but I see a hand raised in a defensive gesture kind of like Don't come any closer. Stay right where you are. We have heard this story of Gabriel and Mary so many times that we tend to skip to the end. We are kind of like the child who wants to skip the wicked witch part of the story and jump to the they lived happily ever after part. Because what many of us remember best is that Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And yes, she did give her consent to God's outrageous plan. But first, she raised some serious questions. And I don't blame her. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with thee, Gabriel said. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Luke tells us that Mary was very disturbed and perplexed, and that basically she wondered what he was talking about. But Gabriel did not give her much chance to protest because he goes straight ahead with his message. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David." He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. If I had been Mary at that point, I might have asked him to slow down a bit. Who? Me? Why me? But Mary has another concern. She doesn't argue with the angel, but she raises a valid point. How can this be, since I am a virgin? 
she would naturally think that she would need to be a married woman to have a child. And naturally, in that part of the world and in that society, yes, she should have been. There were significant penalties for out-of-wedlock pregnancies at that time. She was an engaged woman. If her husband-to-be suspected her of infidelity, he could divorce her. He could publicly shame her. Her family could throw her out so that she would become a beggar in the street. In a worst-case scenario, she could be stoned to death in the village street. I am sure she knew of these penalties. What young woman would not have been warned of the consequences of sin? But Gabriel has an answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God." Surely Mary had heard of Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy. Her cousin had remained childless all through her long marriage with Zachariah. Her heartbreak and shame would have been old news, well-known family history for Mary, poor cousin Elizabeth. But in small towns, news travels fast. And here is this miraculous otherworldly stranger telling her that Elizabeth's pregnancy, like her impending one, was of miraculous origin. Of course, nothing will be impossible with God. So here we come to the part we have been waiting for when gentle Mary bows her head and says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. I wonder, did Mary really know what she was signing up for? Gabriel did tell her who her son was going to be, but he left out a great deal of important information. Yes, Mary knew many things. Mary's song, which we will read later in the season, shows that she knew how special her child would be. But Gabriel's message left out a lot of really vital information. Did Mary know that she would see her son arrested, beaten, and spat upon? Did she know she would follow her firstborn to his execution? and stand weeping helplessly beneath his cross? Did she know that she would receive Jesus' broken body with the same arms that embraced his infant frame? If she did foresee all that, she proved by her yes that she is a much braver woman than I am. There is always a conundrum for the Protestant pastor this time of year. The problem is, as Lorraine's father used to put it, that Catholic churches talk way too much about Mary, and Protestant churches don't talk enough about her. And I do think that that is a loss for us, because Mary is unique. Mary is not unique in that she was different from all other first-century Palestinian girls. She probably was a lot like them, in fact. Her hopes and dreams would have been much the same. 
She was engaged to be married like almost every other first-century Palestinian girl of her age. It was undoubtedly an arranged marriage. Almost all marriages were in that place and time. She would have spent her time working, gardening, cleaning, carrying water, weaving, sewing, just like any other girl. Perhaps she dreamed while she worked. Perhaps she sang. She would have been taught the traditions of her day. She would have had the routine religious training of her time. So, in a way, she was just a girl like thousands of others. But in another way, she was unlike any of them. While human eyes could not see her uniqueness, God did. God chose her not only to give birth to the Christ child, which is basically how most of us think of her, but also to raise Jesus to adulthood. Do you ever wonder how Jesus became who he was? His compassion, his respect for women, the poor, the outcast, his clear moral compass, his brilliance, his grace under fire. Put at least some of that down to Mary. Mary was Jesus' first disciple. From the moment she said yes to his coming, she was all in. She may not have understood all of it. Undoubtedly, she was walking in the dark some of the time, at least. But she believed, and she took hold of that promise with both hands and embraced it to her heart. Brothers and sisters, let's consider Mary during this Advent season. Let's consider her courage. Let's consider her discipleship. And let's follow. Let's be all in. Let's consider ourselves blessed as well, because we too carry the Christ. We carry the Christ to a dark and broken world, and it is scary sometimes. It is not easy to carry the Christ. But from generation to generation, the martyrs cannot be silenced. From Stephen, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostles, to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Ten Boom family, and Father Maximilian Kolbe, who gave their lives in the Nazi Holocaust, many have suffered and died to carry the Christ. In our own tradition, John Klein, Ted Studebaker, and many members of the EYN in Nigeria even today have shown the risks of carrying the Christ. But generation to generation, God meets us in our fear. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh God, we thank you that Mary said yes to your plan for the Christ. We thank you that we too have the honor to carry the Christ to a dark and hurting world. May we do so with the courage that only you can give. Thank you that, generation to generation, you meet us in our fear. In Jesus' name, amen.
receive the benediction. As you leave this place, may you go knowing that from generation to generation we have been claimed and loved. From generation to generation, God has been by our side. From generation to generation, we are not alone. The God of yesterday and the God of tomorrow knows you by name, loves you, and calls you forth, saying, Go be the person you are called to be. Love wildly, do justice, and come back soon. May it be so. Amen.